Welcome to the AFR podcast. It's Monday, the 18th of April, 2022. The game within the game. Steve, round five is done. Thankfully, we're getting closer and closer to that mid-season draft. Which, to be honest, even though I will have the probably will have the number one pick, I have no idea who I'm going to who's worthy worth of taking. I need to have a bit of a look and see what uh, see what I can get. I know we're not talking about the charges or anything like that yet, but right now I have thirteen <laughs> fit thirteen fit players. Uh, mate, there's still like you know. Three other teams you're outscoring in the, uh, <laughs> the league, so and who are all only like a game ahead of you. So I don't, I wouldn't be counting on the number one pick quite yet. Just, but just, just, just yet. Just yet. Uh, there's, I know there's, um, you know, certain teams. Despite the fact they might have won this week, I've uh, got a pretty rough run to the uh, flag, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure not everyone's going to lose half their team um, when they play me. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know. It's kind of sad that we're arguing about yeah. who's going to more likely to get the number one pick in the mid-season draft between us. Well, put it this way, mate. How was your weekend? I spent my weekend looking at Coachella. YouTube is streaming it live. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm loving it. Absolutely <laughs> loving it. Great to see live music again. But sort of shows my uh, my care factor right now with the AFR. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so let's not talk about the original league first up. Let's jump straight into the Super League. Dave, you are an absolute superstar. You've already done the commissioner votes, um, and the the round the the games only ended oh, probably about four hours ago. So, mate, you are on top of it. Thank you very much. All right, let's jump into it, Steve. First game was the Major Warriors up against Nexus. Major Warriors were looking at getting the season sort of back on track here, but they didn't do it. Against Nexus, 153 to 136.5. Um, Nexus, Tom Hawkins was pretty good, getting 26 at key forward. Lockie Neal getting 33 at centre. were really the standouts for him. Um, Reeves has gone down. He's injured. So hence he only got five, but I don't think he'll be back. So I don't think he's going to have any Ruckman next week. Well, I know he doesn't have the – I know he's got the Hawthorne Ruckman, so I don't know what Nexus is going to do next week. For the major warriors, Clayton Oliver getting 17 handballs, so 17 at Rover. And really, Bailey Smith was the outstanding one here, obviously getting 43 at centre. Now, in terms of the commissioner votes, Dave gave three to Bailey Smith, two to Tom Hawkins, and one to Lockie Neal. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty good effort from Bailey Smith there at centre for the world. This this is this is a. I'm pretty sure Nexus will tell us all that this is the grand final that should have been last year, except for Bailey Fritch messing it up, and uh, and probably the result Nexus would also say that should have been, but um, uh, for better or worse, mm-hmm. uh, as the defending premiers and continue to do nothing to um, convince me that my, you know prediction that they wouldn't make finals this year is going to come true. Sad, very sad. Um, I don't like making these predictions. I just do it because mm-hmm. it's kind of controversial. And now I've been, I've been really, really right. Although I have to admit, Major Warriors, um, I've, I've been playing Petrarca at centre and Bailey Smith like a tagger for a, a number of weeks now. And uh, I have been very wrong, very wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to finally admit defeat on that one and Take your lead, Dan. So um, thank you for showing me the way. Uh, Nexus, I mean, they're okay this week. They've definitely got some problems. I don't know what's happened to Aaron Hall, either. He didn't play in the second. Yeah. I don't know if he's injured or what, but um, or if, you know, North Melbourne just worked out he's really just not that good. We can only hope. Uh, but, um, yeah, so some problems there. Uh, but, um, but, you know, really, this is just a – one in the bank for Nexus. Thank you very much. Moving along. Cruise control. Yep. Yeah. Next one was the Thylacines up against the Sons of God. Good hit, good score here from the Sons of God, 171. Good hit, score here from the Thylacines, but 151.5. So Sons of God got up. Uh, Charlie Kerno, 36. Jeez, they've missed him. Sam Walsh getting 38 at centre. Sorry, Kerno was at key forward. Um, 
and Draper was also quite good, getting 15 at Ruck. For the Thylacines, Andrew Brayshaw getting 34 at centre. Jordan Degoe, 25 at forward, was outstanding. Um, Darcy Moore, 17.5, was also pretty good. Put a bit of a show on for you, for you Steve, up at the Gabba. Um, in terms of the commission votes, uh, Charlie Curnow got three, Sam Walsh got two, and Jordan Degoe got one. Yeah, it's just tough. But I mean, it's a good performance, ultimately. Just, unfortunately, their big trade for the week. Although, I mean, I guess the, the funny thing was the big trade was really for Peter Wright and Degoe was really the steak knives. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> so what happens, of course. Um, he had steak. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, had steak and, uh, I don't know, Peter Wright had, I don't know, what, Brussels sprouts? Was it? I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. But Pete, we know Peter Wright's better than that. He's been amazing all year, so obviously... Peter Wright's going to have better games, but uh, unfortunately for the Father Scenes, they ran into the Sunset card when they had Kono and Stengel on. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, not not every week that happens, but uh, man, when you you know when you're outscored by 27 in the forward line after after trading for a whole new forward line and you lose by 20, then uh, what can you do? What can you do? So uh, Father Scenes, they they probably haven't quite given up hope yet. Uh, but the Sons of God, they're starting to, they've been a bit inconsistent, but they're, they're starting to look like they might, you know, well, they, I don't know, they're, they're thereabouts, aren't they? They're they are. That they are. Um, I did the commission votes, didn't I? Yes, I did. All right, next game was the Brawlers versus the Co-Hangers. I think, I, I, I can't remember. I may have tipped the Co-Hangers. I can't remember now. I, I honestly can't remember, but the... <laughs> yeah, the brawlers were just way too strong here, and at one point they were looking like they might even nudge the top score. Um, two hundred and ten point five for the brawlers for the coat hangers, one hundred and thirty two point five. Um, Matthew Tabernar, forty eight at key forward was outstanding. Nick Larkey, twenty six at forward. Um, Tom Mitchell getting thirty three at centre. Brad Crouch, eighteen at rover. Stephen May, twenty two point five at key back. There's a couple of others there that I could have gone through, but I'm not going to read out the whole team. For the code hangers, <laughs> Joe Danaher, thirty two at key forward was pretty damn good. Um, but the rest of the team was really down. Lots of single figures there. Um, in terms of the commissioner votes, fairly self-explanatory, really. Um, Tabernak got three. Stephen May got two, and Nick Larkey got one. Yeah, it's a bit crazy, isn't it? I'm pretty sure last week the Brawlers lost to Nexus with Tabanar and Larky both kicking nothing. And then this week they combined for 11 goals, which, mm. um, well, Bill, you know, good, well done on showing your faith and uh, you can stick with those guys. I and mean, the Brawlers, I, I've already said, I think they're the best team in the league. They're not undefeated, but the, the, the coat hangers uh, couldn't hold a candle to them, which... Is uh, no no insult. The coat hangers are probably you know they've they've shown they can win games this year, but again just no consistency and no one thirty two is not a score you really want to feel too proud of. That midfield really let them down this week, but um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I I I'd not really seen the coat hangers rising up and taking a top five spot at the moment, but I'm but they are they're still you know they can hold their head up. They they yep. they're, getting, they're getting some wins, but the brawlers are uh, far too good. Yeah, bit of a class above. Uh, the next game was the Mighty Adams up against the Marvels. The Marvels got up here, 160.5, to the Mighty Adams at 151.5. Um, for the Marvels, Zach Bailey, 26, once again comes out um, and gets a good score. Uh, Tom Green, we knew last week was a bit of a blip. This week he's back, 34 at, at centre. Uh, George Hewitt getting 23 at Rover. Um, Alex Witherden, 13.5 at back, was also pretty good. Um, for the Adams, forward line was outstanding, being Max King and Bailey Fritz, get it, both getting 24. Um, Darcy Parrish, rovering best at 22. Um, in terms of the commission votes, George Hewitt got three, Zach Bailey got two, and Tom Green got one. Last week, Pickett was named. I think he did quite well. This week, he got a donut. Yeah, brutal, wasn't it? Well, really brutal when Adam's normal tagger was Cornelio, who had eight tackles and would have won the game for the Adams, which, uh, which you know, the Adams will be. I mean, the Adams. I mean, I kind of predicted last week that uh, despite the Adams moves this week, the Marvels I think are probably slightly better team at this point, uh, despite the Marvels' inconsistency and they don't, they don't, they rarely lose consecutive games. The Marvels, but man, mm. they're just, 
really yo-yoing at the moment. They're up, down, up, down like crazy. They really seem to be a bit of a patchwork. You've got Bolton and Rampy doing nothing, and last week was Bailey doing nothing. And uh, so they, they're still looking for some consistency. But, um, but you know, the Marbles are a team who I think more often than not seem like they're going to win. The Adams still still shuffling their deck, trying to find their exact lineup that they really you know. Perryman, what happened to Perryman this week? I would have thought, mate, you would know. I was going to ask the same thing. No, I, I don't know. Like Cumming was out, and you'd think yeah. you know, number one backman out for the Giants, Perryman surely is going to step in and probably get even more rebounds than normal. And what happens? One. So Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a massive spread. Like, for example, Callum Ward, Kennedy, Ke- Kelly, Stein, Green, Callahan all got three, and then it's a couple of players got two, and then lots of players got one. There was only three players that didn't get a rebound in the whole of the GWS, so that it was spread around across the whole team. So yeah, I don't know. The Adams will be just. I'm assuming the Adams are probably going to stick with Perryman for at least another week or two to try and try and find something. But I don't know whether Pickett after that effort's going to get another game. Like he's he's obviously yeah. on average Pickett's actually pretty good as a tagger, but. Um, yeah, that um, you can't have lows like that. That's just not on. So probably Cornelio, despite the fact that he's not quite maybe as amazing as he maybe could be, he's probably still their best tagger, and the Adams need to bite the bullet and actually just play him. So, yep. but um, but Marvels, Marvels are still just probably looking like a top five team. But you know, without you know, they, they I st- I'm still not convinced by that forward line. I know Bailey had a good week this week, but, but yeah, they, Bailey and Bolton are just very inconsistent. So I don't know. Well, if you can keep getting those wins and then go into a mid-season draft and maybe pick up a, a decent forward, a, well, not a decent forward, but a, a recognised forward, and you might uh, like, do the base, scare I, the rest of the comp. Hmm? I think, do they have Ben Brown? I think they got Ben Brown. I, I think so, yeah. That sounds back, I think right. that'll look a lot more dependable. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. All right, then, the next... Oops, the, the, the big last game. I went for the big upset this week. You did. You did, and you nearly tipped it. Um, but the convicts are too strong. Um, 160.5 to the Phantoms at 153. Um, I think I called it in our chat, but Sicily is going to break the hearts of the Phantoms supporters this week, and he did that, getting 30 at Keyback um, for the Ashy Convicts. Taylor Walker, five goals as well, getting 32 at key for, uh, Sorry, at forward. Other than that, it was sort of an averageish score from the the convicts. So just really two big standouts there. Callum Mills was okay, getting 17 at at, uh, at midfield, I suppose. For the Farmtons, Aaron Norton getting 38 at key forward. Jack Crisp, inspirational pick at centre, getting 36. But likewise, very very low down on the, on the numbers there. Jaden Short getting 6.5. Um, at uh, at key back, but in terms of the commission votes, Sicily got the three, Norton got two, and Taylor Walker got one. Yeah, Taylor Walker certainly come in hot uh, to start the season. Um, and yeah, Sicily, what a what a man, what a recruit, so to speak, mm. uh, for uh, for the convicts this year uh, after they really sorely missed him uh, last year. They do have some work to do in that midfield. It's looking a little yep questionable, but I think. Uh, Obviously, the uh, back line looks amazing. The ruck is okay, and forward line's doing enough at the moment. So, all hail the convicts. Phantoms, um, they're, they're obviously, with a week like this, showing they're better than, you know, 0-5 sort of quality, but, uh, yeah, it's just not happening. No, the, lat- the latter says it all. Yeah, it's, it's well, what, what does the letter look like? Tell us. I knew you were going to throw it to me there, and I'm just in the kitchen getting some Panadol, <laughs> and I'm now coming back to mine. <laughs> All righty, yeah, now I'm back to my desk. That's good preparation for getting some Panadol before you look at the original league games, though, mate. That's, yeah. That's... <laughs> All righty, um, the ladder. Um, Ashy Convicts are on top 5-0. and oh. Their back is 52 um, the the brawlers are in second on four and one, um, getting with the best score zero back. Nexus are in third, four and one, fifty five point five back. Macavania Marvels are in fourth, three and two, sixty back. Sons of God are in fifth, three and two, ninety three point five back. Then we've got the Adams in sixth on two and three. Code Hangers seven, two and three. 
Thylacines and the Warriors are in 8th and 9th, both on 1 and 4, and the Farmtons were in 10th on 0 and 5. Yeah, so not not a lot of movement in the sense of the top five. In fact, the top five have really started to just drift away from the bottom five here with the Sons of God and Marvels picking up wins this week uh, over the Adams and the Thylacines, who are probably trying to even things up a bit. So the pressure is on. Teams like Adams, Codingers, Thylacines, uh, you might even say Major Warriors. I think there's probably not much pressure on the Farmtons anymore. Uh, major, like, you know, so the, the two grand finalists, the, the Codingers and the Thylacines as well uh, from last year, all need to, uh, you know, get a move on, with some, you know, at least get some wins before mid-season draft comes up. I know they might be thinking, this could be all right. We could slingshot with a mid-season draft pick, but you don't want to leave yourself too much to do. And uh, with the top three particularly already, off and away, yeah, they'll, they'll want to try and keep the Marvels and Sons of God at least within reach. Very true. Sorry, I just took the Panadol. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, that ladder is very, very close. I mean, the, some of the back scores, particularly, you, you win a game, you're going to jump straight up. Um, Sons of God, their back score is not too bad, so they're looking looking okay, but... Um, Someone like the, the the mighty Adams and the coat hangers, and even the thylacines. If one of those teams lose a game, they could drop from sixth down to eighth. So there's some could be some big movements. Yeah, but the, the pressure the pressure is on. Like the Adams, coat hangers, thylacines, warriors, all losing this week. Six, seven, eight, nine. Um, it's um, yeah. I mean, obviously the top five won this week. Bottom five lost. So yep. they really need this week is getting critical now. They can't afford to have that happen again, or or uh, it's, it's all over. And, yeah, uh, it's the haves versus the have-nots in this league, really, isn't it? Well, it's, that's the way it's drifting suddenly. And the judge's big call that, you know, what makes the Super League so good is how even it is, is going to be out the window in another week or two if this keeps up. Yep. Yep. All righty. Let's jump across and have a look at the original league, mate. Um, now, of course, I haven't done the commissioner votes yet because we do it on the on the – on the podcast part, the first game was the Dozers versus the Titans. The Titans got up here, 186 to the Dozers, 139. Um, really, the top half of the, the – the Titans are very top-heavy. Danaher with 32 at forward. Um, Tavenar, 42 at forward. But I think he got 46 at key forward. That's insane. Um, Sam Walsh, 38 at centre. Um, and also Tom, excuse me, Tom Mitchell getting 19 a Rover was also pretty good. The Dozers named Lysette, although he's out for f- six weeks or something like that. Uh, whether they have, don't have another Ruckman or whether they just didn't see it, I don't know. Not that it would have made any difference whatsoever. But Adam Sierra got uh, 32 at centre. Stephen May 22.5 at key back, and pr- probably Callum Mills with is the other one of of note in this case. Yeah, um, this this could be a bit of a wake up call. That are the Titans, are they a threat? I mean, their backline looks a little bit dodgy, but uh, if Tabner and Dano can keep up, well, I mean, Tabner has been a bit up and down over the last week, but Fremantle's yep. done pretty good. If Fremantle can continually, you know, keep kicking scores and and Tabner gets involved, then um, yeah, um, the Titans are going to be. They could be a threat. Um, they could be, yeah. They, they are looking like more likely to be a top five team after this performance. I think it's suddenly like, whoa, okay, they can actually, you know, they can score well. The Dozers we've known for a while are terrible and only terrible teams lose to them. So it's not really that big of a surprise that the Titans dumped them. But uh, it's a bit sad for Dayton. People like Stephen May, obviously, yep. glorious performances and not going to get anything for it. Nope. Uh, commissioner votes, I gave three to Tabernar, two to Walsh, one to Danaher. Yep. Well, May, jeez, yep. rough, but, you know, there's some good scores, Titans, so no, I'm all for it. Sorry, mate. Yeah. All right, next game was the Blue Flames up against the Dingoes. Dingoes got up here, Steve. Big score, oh. 157 to the Blue Flames at 138. Larky was outstanding for you, getting 26 at forward. Um, Brody Grundy, 13 at Ruck, was also pretty good. Darcy Moore, 17.5, as we mentioned earlier on. Um, Logan McDonald finally came through for you, getting the 20 at forward. And also Petrarca, as you said, you assisted with him at centre. He got the 30 for you. Um, for the Blue Flames, Jeremy Cameron got 25 for at key forward. Lockie Neal getting the 33 at centre. 
And then really it sort of drops off a little bit. And what really threw this me out with this particular team is Shannon Hearn is not named in the midfield. Yeah, no, well, it's obviously, you know, the Blue Flames lost their entire back line. This yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, losing Cumming and uh, who was the other one they lost? I don't know. I just had a. I just had a, the dog come in. It's raining outside, and just love it when a wet dog shakes next to you. Oh, brilliant! That's just yeah. what you need when you're just you know settling yeah. to some you know quality yeah. conversation. So yeah, they lost McGovern. <laughs> McGovern's the other one they lost. Ah, okay, yep. McGovern, and, McGovern, who has been in like insanely good form, insane with coming. Like their backline has been phenomenal, and then to lose both of them. As well as Patrick Cripps at Rover, like it's mm-hmm. like it's really sad that the you, you don't have to look too hard to see that um, you know <laughs> there's um like they've got Heath Chapman in midfield where Shannon Hearn would normally be scoring lots, but Shannon Hearn had to go to the back line. Connor Nash obviously was a hail mary at the end. Carl Amon is there, so the, the the reality of the Blue Flames depth or lack thereof was certainly exposed. And man, how many times have we heard this about the Blue Flames? This is like the most Awful broken record, like every year for the last decade, it feels like they just come out red hot, smashing everybody, and then suddenly a few injuries kick in and it's all over Red Rover. Like there, there is no other reason why the Blue Flames lost this week to the, to yeah. the than these injuries. Like they, they should, ne- they should never have been close. It's you know what I think it, this is my fault. Your fault. Yeah, because if I'm pretty sure I remember say, saying to you, it may have been off the podcast. I can't remember, but I think it must have been around seven or round eight. As I said, that's when the Tassers' run is going to end because the Blue Flames are going to beat them. Oh, is that? Did you say that? Did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the the nice ever thing, since then, yeah, Blue Flames will fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, at least like you'd think. I think coming. I think is only out for like health and safety, and I think same with McGovern. Yep. Crips, it sounds like he's going to be back pretty soon. So hopefully for the Blue Flames' sake, this is just a little blip. But, I mean, I tell you what, though, it certainly it, um, it can't fill you with a lot of confidence when, you know, you lose a, a couple of players and the, yeah, the depth is just not there. I mean, the Dingoes have no such excuse. They're just a poor managers at the moment. They play Rampy this week when, obviously, you know, like I, I, man, the amount of time, like Rampy... Every time I bench Jeremy Howe, he plays well, and it's very frustrating for me. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going to have to I keep playing Bailey Smith a tagger. I've got Canelio as well, much like my offspring, and he probably should really be in tagger this week. Or, heck, Taylor Adams had eight, at, uh, eight tackles as well this week. But, I mean, I don't know. The Dingoes, the sad thing for the Dingoes is they just seem to be Nick Larkey because when Nick Larkey goes off, the Dingoes mm-hmm. win. Um, and that's pretty much all there is to it. <laughs> if Nick Larky's terrible, like he was last week, we'll lose to the we'll lose to the Dozers, and when he goes off, we beat the Blue Flames. So I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't make any sense if the Dingoes have beaten the Blue Flames and the Mighty Bucks, <laughs> and they've lost to the Dozers, the Scorpions, and the Titans. Like what? Like that makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So I don't, I don't know what to, I don't even know how to read that form line with the dingoes. Nobody else has a form line like that. It's just, you know, ridiculous. Anyway, I think we should talk about your game. <laughs> okay. Have we done the, what, do you do the, you got to do your votes, don't you? Yeah, I've got to do the votes. I go three to Larky, two to Cameron and one to Moore. <sighs> yeah. Um, oh, thanks. Good, good for Moore. Um, it was, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it wasn't a great game. Like, apart from the yeah, like, I'm I'm happy that McDonald had a good game. Um, hopefully, yep. Buddy stays out because McDonald's actually pretty good if he can actually keep Buddy out of the way. <laughs> Speaking of Buddy being out and that how that had a terrible impact on the Scorpions. Yeah, still would have lost. Scorpions <laughs> against the Chargers. Scorpions got up here, 183.5 to the Chargers, 126.5. Scorpions, outstanding across the board, really. Um, Aaron Norton, 38. Um, Waitman got uh, – sorry, that was a key forward. Waitman got 30 at forward. Um, Zorko, 23 at midfield. Jonas, um, showing no respect for his old club, um, getting 16.5 at key back. Um, for the Chargers, um, George Hewitt, probably still my shining light for the whole year, getting 23 at Rover. Um, other than that, no one really to cry, cry home about other than um, 
oh, I can't remember who my other back is, but I remember talking to him about, about him last week. Anyway, while you're looking at it, he ended up with more rebounds and more marks than any of my other players. And I should have played him at key back. He was my number one pick. I should know him off the top of my head now. Um, Brody Smith. What did Brody he sort Smith. of deliver? Yeah, he got seven seven rebounds and I think six marks or something like that. So I should have let, but anyway. Um, I don't know what happened to Perryman. I'll have to have a look into it. Um, but I think it was just a spread across the field. But in all fairness, Scorpion's just too strong, way too strong. Yeah, well, that, uh, I mean, I don't know what you, I, it's, um, it's funny because I think last year, Josh Bruce, I think, kicked 10 goals against the Kangaroos for the Bulldogs and, um, yeah, I guess that's the that's the key. You just load up your forwards against the kangaroos, and you're all good to go. Obviously, Norton and Waitman just. I don't. I don't wonder if Waitman will actually play into the game for the Scorpions. Maybe we'll see what the, the Bulldogs matchups are. But uh, wow, that's funny. I used to teach Cody Waitman back at Beacon Hills days. Oh really? Yeah, I think I taught his whole family. Like he's got two older brothers, older sister. Yeah, so good times. He's a yeah, definitely a good footballer. Uh, don't need to tell you that. Um, no. But uh, well, I'm not. I'm not quite sure how, whether to take the Scorpion score this week too seriously, given how heavily influenced it was by the Bulldogs forward line playing the Kangaroos. The rest of the lineups still pretty average. Although Zilko had a good game, and the yeah, the back line actually looked good for a change. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, a, it was a rough week for the Chargers, that's for sure. Mm. Yes, yes, it was. Um, in terms of the commissioner votes, mate, I gave three to Norton, two to Hewitt, and one to Waitman. Cool. All right. Next one was the Heroes versus the Mighty Bucks. Heroes got up here, 180.5 to the Bucks, 157.5. Heroes were way too strong across the board. Some really big numbers here, um, but also some massive numbers from the Bucks, which I'll get to in a second. But Charlie Kernow, as I mentioned earlier on, getting 36 at key forward. Um, Alex Witherden, 22.5 at key back. Jared Witts getting 15.5 at ruck. Um, midfield was very strong as well. Clayton Oliver and Dawson and Brayshaw were also doing quite well. Tim Embry was a little bit down at um, at forward for the Heroes. For the Mighty Bucks, with some of these big scores, there were some low ones. So when you've got Max King getting 24, Bailey, excuse me, Bailey Fritz getting 24 at both at key forward and forward. Darcy Parrish getting 33 at at, um, at centre. Luke Ryan getting 16 at key back. But then you've got some sixes scattered around here in in terms of the midfield and, and so on. So heroes in the end, obviously way too strong. Yeah, this this I, I don't know why the heroes couldn't have got this score against Natas last week. Um, certainly would have, would have made me and my great prediction look a little bit better. But for some reason, the heroes decided to show up this week. And the Bucks they just can't take a trick. They... They play, put up another good score, but I think Matthew Kennedy might have had his time in the midfield. I think that, that uh, little trick's run its course. Uh, everything else was solid, really. Like, good forward line, back line's good. I mean, you know, no stunningly good performances, but I guess that's what the heroes had in um, in Kerno and uh, Witherden. Just players who went a little bit better. And I, I kind of think the heroes are, you know, I mean, especially after the Blue Flames and how... Um, Fragile they seem. I feel like it feels like the heroes really are the are the team now to challenge the adulterers. Um, and that's why I was like a little bit disappointed last week when they missed their chance to actually beat them. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks, I, the, the Bucks are really well set at this point because they're obviously very good. They're well set to actually, you know, if they could, to get a good mid-season draft pick and then come home with a wet sail. But uh, but I'm sure they're not enjoying being one and four at the moment. And uh, they're not going to enjoy it. You know, last year they had to do this as well. They had to almost come from fifth and it was just one one win too many that they needed. And it looks like they're setting themselves up for another <sighs> another long, like come from behind kind of situation. Whereas the heroes, um, yeah, they just look really good. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, in terms of commissioner votes, I go three to Kerno, two to Witherden, a one to Bailey Fritz. Nice. All right. The final game was the wildcards up against Natas. Natas got up here, 173, two the wildcards, 138. Um, Natas, Tom Hawkins got th- uh, 26 at key forward. Uh, Taylor Walker getting 32 at forward. Um, also... Um, the other one of note, what was the other one I was going to call out? 
uh, probably Brad Crouch, 14 at, at Tagger. But the wildcards have some big scores here. Um, Tom Green, 20 at Rover. Harry Mackay getting 24 at key forward. Um, and also Sicily getting 15 at, at back, which was a pretty damn good um, return as well. But of course, Natas just too strong and just keep marching on their merry way. Yep, uh, too easy. They've obviously got some, you know, potentially some minor issues there with Hall, or I don't know what's going on with that, but um, but they're minor. And the wild cards have shown themselves to be a solid team, but probably not a team that's really all that threatening. They look like a top five team, don't get me wrong, but um, but they don't look like a top three team. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they can find a bit more consistency. They definitely had a few people who just who it looked like really great finds, like Bonner and Wright this year, kind of not show up. But, um, you know, they, I think they should come good and, and we'll see the blue, like the wild cards win more games than they lose this year. I, I just don't know if they're quite ready to really push the heroes or Natas, if you know what I mean. Yep. Now, I'm going to need some help with number one, but three I gave to Walker, two to Green. Now, one, I'm either thinking Tom Hawkins or I'm thinking Sicily. I think 10 rebounds is pretty impressive. James Sicily? Yep. Cool. Cool. All righty. Let's have a look at the ladder. The ladder for the original league. Natas is sitting on top. Five wins at zero losses, and they have the best score, so zero back. Then we have the Blue Flames in second on four and one. Their back score is 64.5. Heroes is on. Heroes is on. That makes perfect English, Andrew. Well, even that is very good English. Um, Heroes are in third on three and two, 42.5 back. Wildcards are in four, three and two, 184 back. So there's a bit of a gulf there. Um, Titans in fifth on two and three, 178.5 back. Dingoes are in sixth, two and three. Surrey Scorpions, seven, two and three. Deadly Dozers in eighth, two and three. Mighty Bucks. One and four, their back is 52.5, just to show the, the golf that they've sort of they've hit. And the Titans um, are in 10th on one and four as well. Yeah, so the Chargers, I mean, apart from the Bucks, obviously they're, the Bucks and the Chargers are both one and four, but both clearly, like, clearly better than the Scorpions or the Dozers and probably better than the Dingoes as well, at least in terms of, you know, I think Chargers, Dingoes, there's not much between us, mate. There's a point. No. <laughs> we'll, no. We'll get to decide. What did you mention, like, round nine? We'll get to decide which one of us is... Yep. Well, I'm not going to say which one's better. Which one's worse. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah but the, but the, the Titans... The Titans and the Wildcards now seem to have settled into that uh, fourth, fifth spot, and the Bucks they're going to be the ones trying to hunt them down. The question is whether the, the Blue Flames, with the way they performed this week, whether they will just bounce immediately back and actually continue to sort of build that top three residents or whether you know whether there will be teams trying to chase down it seems like i know it seems weird because um the blue flames are obviously have been pretty awesome up until this week and and they are clearly ahead of the heroes but when you look at the points for the heroes are actually already outscoring the blue flames and uh i feel like the heroes seem to be much more likely to just easily maintain that top three spot with their depth whereas the blue flames look a lot more fragile so interesting to see yeah, yeah, and of course, yeah. Then there's the mighty bucks that could easily make a run. They just have to win a couple on the trot, and they could easily make a run into that top four without a, really lifting a bit of a sweat. They're only yeah, they're only one win out of fifth, really. So it could happen very quickly. Yeah, yeah, that it could. All right, let's have a look at the Champions League, mate, because we had some Champions League this week. Um, it was Group A, first of all, the Adams up against Natas. Natas won that game, and the Chargers up against the Sons of God, and the Sons of God won that one. So as that table is currently looking, Natas are on top with 12 points, best score, so they've got zero back. Then we've got the Sons of God also on 12 points, 111 back, just to show the gulf between the two. Um, the Atoms are in third on eight points, um, 117 back. So there's not that much separating those two. And the charges are officially out of it. Zero points and 175 back. Yes. So, I mean, as much as uh, this looks bad for the Atoms, so to speak, I mean, losing to Natas is pretty obligatory at this point. Um, 
unless of course you're the sons of God somehow. Um, but uh, I guess that's the key. Well, obviously next week's going to be AFR Cup first round, yep. so we've got a bit of a break from the uh, Champions League. But in two weeks' time, uh, Adams and Natas, Natas play Sons of God, and that'll be the uh, chance for Natas to actually. Well, this I mean this is the interesting thing to me. Like if Natas wants to play Funny Buggers. They'd somehow try and lose to the Sons of God in that game because that would, you know, then allow them to avoid the uh, situation where they will end up in the same group with Nexus in uh, Phase Two, which <laughs> should be interesting. Although that said, honestly, that they, they could try and lose to the Sons of God and it probably wouldn't even help them because, um, you know, it'd be just as easy for Sons of God to potentially lose in the last round to the Mighty Adams and then Natas then to beat the Chargers and they'd be right back where they wanted anyway. But um, but really, this this group now seems pretty set to come down to the final round when the Sons of God play the Adams, assuming the Adams beat the Chargers and then the Tass beats the Sons of God in the next round, which mm-hmm. is pretty likely, I guess. I could see that. I could see, I could see one of those games, or even both of those games, theoretically going the other way, but but you'd think it should come down to Sons of God, Mighty Adams in the last round. Yeah. Yeah, that's my tip as well. Group B, we had the Scorpions up against the Warriors. The Scorpions got up there. Then we had the Code Hangers up against the Wild Cards. In a close game, but the Wild Cards got up. So Wild Cards are on top with 16 points and the best back. Then we have the Code Hangers on eight points with three back. So it's very close there. The Scorpions, in terms of the back, not in terms of the points. Scorpions are on four points, 31 points back. And the Warriors are on four points, 34 points. Point thirty four point five points back. Coat hangers obviously haven't got the the position cemented because they need a, another couple of wins. But if they win one more, you'd think they're pretty much right. Yeah, it's um and and the nice thing for the coat hangers is uh you know they get to play the two teams below them in the last two rounds, so they're going to have two genuine opportunities to get that win. Um, obviously the problem is the wild cards are certainly no. Natas or Nexus or uh, Brawlers in mm. terms of the other groups, they, yes, the Wildcards are undefeated in this group, but, I mean, look, they've scored only three points more than the Code Hangers. Man, did the Code Hangers miss a massive opportunity this week. Like, Wildcards only scored 138. The Code Hangers, they could have beaten them. And if they'd won, this group would be over, and instead the Code Hangers have left the door wide open, and the Scorpions have come from, like, they were 0-3, and they've come from nowhere with that 183 to smash their... Uh, back situation which was dreadful and suddenly it's alive and like man scorpions with a big win over the coat hangers uh in a couple of weeks time they'll be in the top two um which uh, is kind of crazy to think when you know when you turn it zero and three you don't think oh yeah it's win a couple of games and i'll be in the top two um but uh it, it's, it's it's on it's uh, they only have to win by 29 points in a couple of weeks time and they'll be they'll be up there so uh, and and the wild cards, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Warriors or or then the Scorpions again in the last round can puncture that wild cards run. It has been pretty charmed so far. So yeah, it's, it's it's this group has actually got a little bit interesting after it looked pretty dull. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, group C, um, we had Nexus up against the Dozers, and Nexus got up there. And then we had the Titans up against the Phantoms and the Titans got up there. So, excuse me, um, Nexus 16.0 back. Titans on 8 points, 47 back. Phantoms 8 points, 48 back. Um, so there's nothing separating the Titans and the Phantoms. And guess who plays in... No, they've already played. played. Yeah, they yeah, just played. <laughs> um, and the Dozers are in fourth on 0 points and 123.5 back. So there's... Still better than the Chargers in terms of their <laughs> No, not quite. Um, points four is bigger. <laughs> yeah. This um this is an interesting one because it's like the the Titans, you know, they were the Phantoms looked like they'd somehow managed to, you know, not win a game in the league and yet were, you know, a win away from basically securing their their spot in Champions League phase two, which is, you know, it does happen. A bit crazy when it does, but it, it does. But, uh, wow, did the Titans ever wake up just in time? And they've woken up in a big way, basically wiped out the entire back score to the point where they're now one point ahead of the Farmtons yep. and, uh, and a dead level. But it's basically now, you know, this is now a points four battle between the Titans and the Farmtons. And uh, in the sense that you'd expect the Titans and the Farmtons to both beat the Dozers 
and to struggle for both of them to struggle to beat Nexus. So it's really then they both win one, lose one from here. So we're going to come down to points four, and at the moment, it's one point in it. So uh, the game within the game, let the game within the game begin. It's all about how much you score. <laughs> Although, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Nexus or the Dozers throw a bit of a curveball before the end of this uh, group's results to sort of uh, mess with that. But that should be an interesting little uh, two-way battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, group D, we had the Bucks up against the Brawlers, and of course the Brawlers won that, putting up to over 200. And the Marvels up against the Blue Flames, and the Marvels got up there. So Brawlers are on 16 points, best back. They're through. The Mighty Bucks are on eight points, 44.5 back. Marvels are in third on eight points, 109.5. Oh, sorry, 109 back. And the Blue Flames are in fourth spot on zero points, but 98.5 back. It's looking good for the Bucks here. I've got to say, I mean, they they obviously got smashed by the Brawlers this week, but when you lose to the Brawlers in the you know the first game of the uh, you know the, the back nine, so to speak. Um, they, they know their next two games are against two teams that are below them, whereas both the Marvels and the Blue Flames have still got brawler matchups to come. The Blue Flames, are they dead? Let's just think about this, because uh, the Bucks have still got to play the Marvels. So, yep, they're dead. They are eliminated, <laughs> just in case anyone was in any doubt. Uh, even if the Blue Flames manage to somehow win the next two, whoever wins that Bucks marvels game uh, in a couple of weeks will automatically be ahead and so that i mean then that really is the key here that bucks marvels game the marvels have to win that one if they lose it it is over because especially because the bucks get the blue flames in the last round whereas the marvels will have to take on the brawlers which hey we all know the marvels any given week can pull off anything and the, and the blue flames are certainly even though they're 0 and 4 here they're certainly not an 0 and 4 team in truth so anything could still happen here but you still but you would think that if the marvels are going to overtake the bucks in these last two weeks losing like especially given their points for is like what 65 behind and will obviously be even bigger if the bucks beat them Uh, odds of the marvels making it past the bucks despite all potential last round quirks pretty low so they've got to win next week marvels what's that not next week round seven next round yeah the next round all righty. Um, as you mentioned before, Steve, next week we have the AFR Cup and and we're in the round of 16 or round one, but it's really round of 16 just because of the teams that we've got available. Um, I won't go through – I'll go through them all, but if you want to pick up – I'll go through the first half of the draw, Steve, and I'll go then I'll go through the second. But if you want to pick out a matchup that sort of jumps out to you from each half, otherwise we can end up spending <laughs> an hour going through the, the crucial matchups. But – Okay, first matchup is Natas versus the Heroes. Then we have the Wildcards up against Nexus. Then we have the Scorpions. Uh, sorry, and of course the winner of those two games will play each other. Um, the Scorpions up against the Phantoms, and then the Titans up against the Brawlers, and of course the winner of those two play each other as well. You would have to say with the Brawlers and Natas, as well as the Heroes and Nexus on this side of the draw, this side of the draw looks stacked. Um, you know, wildcards, scorpions, phantoms, and titans are going like, what the hell? How did we end up in this side of the draw? We, we've already highlighted Natas heroes as being massive, um, just as Natas really. Like, there's only one team that's anywhere near potentially pulling off the triple crown this year, and I think that is Natas. Uh, I guess the brawl is looking pretty good too. But but you'd think with Natas's history last year, this, this could be the threat, um, and the heroes are definitely a threat. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, that's my that's my one to watch. I think the Brawlers will take the Titans. Nexus will probably beat Wild Cards, and who really cares? Wins out of Scorpions and the Phantoms. They're going to get smashed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the bottom half of the draw, we have the Dozers up against the Marvels, and then the Blue Flames up against the Mighty Adams. Of course, the winner of those two play each other. Then we have the Mighty Bucks up against the Sons of God, and Grudge Match. The Chargers are up against the Warriors, and of course, the winner of those two plays each other. Yeah, this, I mean, I can only say what I just said again. I guess uh, it's kind of embarrassing that probably the four best teams in either league are all somehow up in the top half of this draw. This looks, I, I don't, I, I, I'm finding it hard. I think Sons of God Bucks maybe might be the most interesting game in this half. Warriors Chargers, I mean, is. It's like a golf score. The lowest score wins, isn't it? 
personal personal uh, matchup is interesting. Blue Flames Adams is, I guess, maybe the, it depends if the Blue Flames can get their mojo back. Um, Dozer's marvels is again personally interesting rivalry matchup, but not really interesting in terms of likely to win the actual cup. So it's a really open side of the draw. This one I could see almost any one of these eight teams, maybe except the Chargers, actually winning the through this side. Okay. <laughs> I heard the dig. I heard the dig. I'm just choosing to ignore not it. Even, not even a reaction. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, as I said, I've been watching Coachella all weekend, mate. <laughs> mate. <laughs> all right, let's go across and have a look at who's playing who this week, Steve, because I know that we have some interesting games coming up because we're obviously getting to that back end or the 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 front, well, the back end of the nine where everyone's going to play each other. And there are a couple of good matchups which haven't quite played each other as yet. And I know there's one that's jumping out to me particularly. First of all, let's start with the original league. We have the Chargers up against the Dozers. Mm. Wow. Well, I'm going to This pick... isn't the game that was jumping out at me just <laughs> quietly. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Chargers because oh, wow. I, just, I just don't think the Dozers are very good. And I think the Chargers are actually better than what they showed this week. I think they'll bounce back. Chargers to win. Okay. I'm, I always pick the Chargers unless I'm up against Natas. So, Chargers for me. Blue Flames against Titans. Um, I, I think I will pick, man, I think the Titans have shown they've got, they've got some firepower. I'm going to pick the Blue Flames because I think they're going to get a couple of those players back this week that they really needed in their back line yep. against the Dingoes. And I think they'll probably be good enough, but yeah, it's, it's, this is a big danger game for the Blue Flames. No doubt about that. Yeah. Next one is... Dingoes versus Natas. This has got some history, but this isn't the game I was I was uh, thinking of. Not the one. Okay. No. Um, well, it would be poetic if the Dingoes were to end the Natas winning streak, but I I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it would take it. I don't know who Nick Larky's playing this week because it seems like he's my my only hope. What's, who's North Melbourne against this week? I'm just about to check. Oh, good. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I'm you know, obviously I think the pass will win, especially, especially. No, they're up against Geelong. Oh, they're up against Geelong, but it's down in Tasmania. Yeah, well, let's just think about this from the opposite perspective and think about how many goals Tom Hawkins is going to kick against North Melbourne. And, yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Natas who wins that. <laughs> yeah, yeah Natas for me as well. Um, next game is the Scorpions versus the Heroes. And this isn't the game that I have my eye on either. Bit of, bit of history between the Scorpions and the Heroes after those uh, back-to-back grand finals. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you'd think the heroes should be able to get the job done. I don't think the Scorpions are going to be able to put up the sort of score they did this week. Not lovely that the Bulldogs played the Kangaroos for Dave, but um, pretty sure the heroes will get the job done here. Yep. And of course, this is the game I was thinking of. And it's four versus nine if, if you look at a ladder. But I reckon this is going to be a cracking game. The Wildcards up against the Bucks. Yeah, well, I mean, this is it's massive for the Wildcards because. You know that the Bucks are going to be hunting for their spot in that top five, and so if the Wild Cards could actually somehow pull off a win against a Bucks team that is probably, to be honest, despite despite the run they've had so far this year, um, obviously probably a better team than the Wild Cards, then uh, yeah, it would be a massive win for the Wild Cards and a huge blow to the Bucks. Um, you know, just make things really difficult for them. But I, I'm I'm thinking the Bucks will win. Mm-hmm. And that win will probably see them jump straight into the five, which is uh, which will be quite the uh, quite the story. They'll be right on the bucks on the cards um, doorstep straight away. Yep, I'm tipping the bucks as well on that game. Alrighty, over to the original league. Oh, this another grudge match, but I don't think it's going to be the grudge match that we've seen in the history. It's the brawlers versus the warriors. <laughs> oh wow. Um, yeah, no, the Brawlers will probably have their way with the Warriors. Um, <laughs> so, which, <laughs> which um, it's probably not a visual I want to think about. But um, no, uh, so the, the yes, so Brawl, these two normally, I mean, this is kind of like, it reminds me of like, you know, the Crows versus the Power, these two. You just don't, the, the standings almost have nothing to do with the matchup. It's, um, it's so you'd think in this circumstance, Brawl is basically, you know, all but on top of the ladder. Warriors all but on the bottom. 
Um, it should, it, you might think it would be one-sided and the Brawlers should definitely win, but uh, yeah. eh, the Warriors, yeah, this would be one of those weird games, I think, where the Warriors could give the Brawlers some trouble, but um, no, I'm, I'm sticking with the Brawlers. I'm not going to pick. Yeah, Brawlers too strong for me. Uh, Thylacines up against Nexus is the next one. Yeah, it's cruel for the Thylacines. I think they're playing okay. They're just they're not taking a trick, and now they're playing Nexus, who has the old Geelong forward line against um, North Melbourne. So, yeah, unless unless somehow it's pouring rain down in Tassie and and somehow North Melbourne just play keepings off all game, I don't think there's any chance the Thylacines have got any hope here. <laughs> Nexus. Nexus. Sons of God versus Farmptoms. Will the Farmptoms get their first win? Oh, I don't think so. No, the Sons of God are just starting to hit their straps, I think. So yep. it'll be tough for the Farmptoms, I think. The Sons of God for me. It will be very tough for Tom. All righty. Coat hangers up against the mighty Atoms. Atoms, I think, are going to do this. They, they they seem to be on the improved, the Atoms, and I feel like that's um, – they should – and the coat hangers, are, they're not improving. So I think the Atoms might be able to get this one and just start to, you know, move in within range of that top five, which – yeah, well, after last year, you think that should be something they would expect of themselves. So, yep. All righty. Next one, this will be a very interesting game. I mean, it's one versus four, but there's a bit of history between these two teams. The convicts are up against the Marvels. Yeah, well, it's um, the Marvels, they're, you know, they've shown they've got the firepower. They're just a little bit inconsistent. The convicts have found a way in a, a number of weeks in a row here. They've, you know, just just got past the Farmtons. They only just got past the Major Warriors, so they're, they're dodging a few bullets here. There's probably some questions about are uh, the convicts legit or are they just just got a bit of luck so far? But um, I'm prepared. To, I think the way the marbles go up and down, and this last week was an up week, I think this will probably be a week they struggle to hit the heights and the convicts will make it 6-0. 6-0, and wow. That's, that'd be a, an amazing start for Naomi's team. I'm I'm with you. I think the Marvels. I still don't quite trust that um, Shea Bolton um, Bailey forward line. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Cool. All right. Of course, next week we have um, a game on Anzac Day, which is on the Monday. Um, so I guess we'll see how things are panning out, and whether we have a podcast next Monday or whether it's later in the week. But um, obviously, we had a, a game today, which didn't finish too late and I was able to do the website. So we might be back next week. Steve, thank you very much um, for um, for joining me again tonight. I've got no housekeeping. I guess that's about it from us. That's right. Awesome. Cool. All righty. Thank you, everyone. Have a fantastic week. And, of course, we will be back next week. Have a good one. Thanks, Steve. See ya.